0: I need to 97.1 FM Talk podcast.
1: The following is a paid program. Jones. I got Eric Beto-Robert running the board over there. How you doing, Dr. Jones? I'm doing great. How about
0: you? Good. I, for the record, I don't think we should tear down all of the existing walls. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's good. That's you know good. why? Why? Because radio waves go over walls. Oh, that's true.
1: They do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we don't need any walls here on, on 97.1. All listeners are welcome. It just
1: doesn't mean you can physically come here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't
1: even, that's right. yeah yeah, I mean, the door is locked downstairs, right? That's right. I mean, there's more uh, there's more security to get into this building than there is to get into our country, but whatever. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we'll have protesters soon. Yeah. Okay, here we go, right, great. Hey, normally what we talk about every mm-hmm. Saturday from 10 to 11 here on 97.1 FM News Talk is your health. Yeah. So um, I've got a couple of articles today that we're going to um, dive into um, relating to your health, and uh, we'll kind of get... Uh, a Medical side of things and uh, maybe a common sense side of things, and we'll, we'll who's bringing the common sense? <laughs> you are. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm it. only partly awake here if you can't tell. Did, you, did Did you stop by Fitness Edge today? I did not. No, no today no. is my day off. You got it. Yeah. yeah, yes. Did you? Uh, I did not today. No, oh, okay, no. By the way, while we're at it and trying to fill some time here, check out Fitness Edge's website, yeah, fitnessedge-stl.com great place uh, to get all your uh, fitness stuff going it's got personal trainers and uh, it's it's a yeah, fantastic I'm going place. in next
0: on Tuesday I That'd I got to tell you it's great they they're, they're fantastic there
1: yeah once you start with them you kind of understand what we've been talking about for all yeah. these years now so check them out they're great fitnessedge-stl.com so hey a couple this is a preview a couple things I want to talk about sure um i don't know if you remember this or not because this goes back two or three months, uh-huh. but we had an election. We did, yeah. Right. And there were certain campaign themes that were just thrown at us. One of them was um, not quite that Paul Ryan wanted to push granny off a cliff. I don't think they <laughs> ran uh, any ads like that. That was, but, that was four years prior. Four, <laughs> four years yeah. prior. But it w- that was the theme, yeah. right? Yeah. Republicans are going to take away your health care. Uh, 14 million people are going to lose their insurance because of these nasty Republicans, those sorts of things, all based on estimates from the CBO, yeah, uh, the Congressional Budget Office. Right. And for, for some reason, everything they say, everyone takes as gold.
0: Yeah. Obviously, all uh, of their projections for Obamacare uh, <laughs> were spot on.
1: Well, right? That's what I'm getting at. So... When um, there was when there was an attempt to get these things repealed and replaced in the in the early part of the Trump administration, the CBO came out and said, "Oh my gosh, 14 million or more are going to lose insurance if we get rid of the individual mandate." Yeah, and that 14 million number was used as basically propaganda, right? And it was out there. Well, I don't know if you saw this this week, and I'm guessing not. You, I'm guessing you didn't see are you it. Say,
0: are, you, are you saying that maybe it wasn't covered as broadly yeah. as the previous The claim?
1: CBO put out like their 2019, I guess, prospectus or whatever. Yeah. And in the footnotes there, they say, oh, by the way, yeah. uh, it wasn't $14 million that lost their insurance now that the individual mandate has been repealed. I'm not going to tell you. This is what we call a teaser. I'll All let right. you know what All that right. actual number is. Um, but let's just say... The CBO, in other words, government bean counters, if you can imagine this, we're way off. Let's no. just put that no, no. <laughs> was way off, <laughs> and when they're way off, it's never way off in the favor of reduced government. Yeah, and- we accidentally <laughs> got this so much more right than we were expecting. No, that never <laughs> yeah. happened. Yeah. Um. So we'll talk about that. That article uh, was actually just out yesterday. But you know, the problem is it gets buried, and all these. This should be a major story because I'm not talking that they were off by a few hundred thousand people. They were sure. off literally by millions and millions and millions, and, millions and- their estimate, if you'll, we'll go over the article, is it's going to get less and less as years roll out. So, should have been talked about as a big miss. So the next time these government bean counters come to us and say, "Yeah, well, we can't do this because the CBO says this." Yeah, just remember, we'll just say, ah, pfft.
0: "So crazy." <laughs> so, so wait, are you telling me that free thinking and acting individuals may actually purchase health insurance <laughs> without being forced because to? they want <laughs> That's it? Right
1: if they can purchase not a plan only will that i care. tell you that put <laughs> oh. this in your pipe and smoke it nuts not can only will that? i tell you that yeah, i think we can't say it because it's legal everywhere now oh that's right <laughs> also one of their i don't want to ruin this thing here because we're going to commercial but one of the things they said was that businesses would stop offering this yeah. right i mean by yeah, like a yeah. large oh, margin gosh, yeah what they don't because f- businesses don't want to make money. <laughs> well, yeah. they don't want to make money, and also they don't want to attract good employees. No, right? I mean, no. they don't want their competitor who offers a great benefits package to get the better employees while they offer nothing and get no employees. Well, or bad- mean, you've, you've owned <laughs>
0: and run businesses before. <laughs> right. you, you manage businesses today. Likewise, I've been involved there, and I know you. The, your people like us know behind all the closed doors everybody's talking about how quickly can we drop health insurance yes, right. for all of our yes, employees right. that's
1: exactly right that's, it's the number one discussion yeah, that goes on yeah. i mean clearly especially right. in
0: today's labor market yeah. Yeah.
1: so uh, we're going to dive into that article um, uh, interesting article i'm um, just showing how off some of these government bean counters can be so then my my I guess my second argument is why on earth do we keep relying on government bean counters when are we going to learn yeah. when yeah no offense to government bean counters yeah But when, well, you
0: know, thank goodness uh, outside of the government bean counters, we have all of the people, you know, at HHS and, and the other, other areas of the medical side of the government that are, they're doing such a better job of, uh, yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if you're being facetious or not there, but um, I do want to talk about what some of the changes they have enacted at HHS in regards to the price of generic medicines. Well, that's a great point. The so there,
0: regulatory
1: reform taking place yes. in that side of the government So you particular. read my mind because, folks, clearly we did zero show prep today. <laughs> but he did read my mind because the other article I want to talk about, um, just yesterday um, they, they, they were releasing, okay, here's what we've done so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do want to talk about that article because there has been some positive movement in the pricing of generic drugs, which is um, interesting because about three months ago I think we did a show on – how generic drug pricing right. can get completely out of hand, not not brand name, yeah. but how generic drug pricing can get out of hand. And really had between the years of 2010 and 14, it was a runaway train. Yeah. So there was another, uh, the other thing I want to talk about is what are some of the reforms that HHS has done? I know you were being facetious, but sure. they have done some regu- sure. regulatory reforms, which have helped lower the price in general of generic medicines, which is a good thing. Yep. So a couple of things we're going to talk about that have been in the news just this week. We're, are we going to talk about Jesse Smollett or not? <laughs> I, you know, I think that's the fourth segment, okay. just the all whole right. thing. All right. um, so, all right, stay tuned, folks. we got to go to break. When we come back, we're going to have more Eye on Health after these words. Hey, all no right, care. welcome back. It's Eye on Health. Hey, every Saturday from 10 to 11 here on 97.1 FM News Talk, we're talking about your health care. That's right. By the way, you can stream this live. On the radio app. Did I get that right? Uh, radio.com. <laughs> radio.com, which is an app on your phone. And not only, can, I guess, can you get old episodes, podcasts, or whatever, yep. you can stream it live.
0: You can't people are probably doing it why, now.
1: Why would you? I don't know. But yeah. you can
0: stream this live. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's it's really handy in the St. Louis area in particular uh because as you know, as listeners likely know, we have a number of different signals here at 97.1 um in addition to 97.1 on the AM dial and the FM dial, and I'm looking for the uh the thing that tells me what those signals are so I can read them off. Uh yeah, there it is. 89.7 and fourteen ninety eight. Yeah. There you go. Which gives you really solid coverage across the uh across the metro area. But honestly, what
1: I do put it just, on, the I app. just put it on radio.com. You I know it's, it's gonna done. be there. There's no flipping yeah. around the dial. Yeah. yeah, okay, I can see what you're what you're saying. That's good. So check it out. You can stream it live. The other thing is if you're like sitting on a beach in Florida, which is where we should be right now. Yeah. Florida? Is that okay? Or I'd
0: be I, I was looking at places in Florida oh, this go. morning. Okay. I'm going on vacation.
1: Yeah. Especially at the end of February. Yeah. you know, you go this many days without like consistent sun. And I think we all start to lose our mind a little bit.
0: It's, it's very, (laughs) it's difficult. I mean, it really is. And and you see it in the interactions with other people, like in the workplace. And it's like, everybody is just sick of each other. I think so. Sick of being inside.
1: I Gosh, we need a 60 degree sunny week. I absolutely agree. And then in my profession, um, there's been no humidity for like six months yeah. so everyone's eyes are dry so they're irritated from their dry eye well at least and there's we'll no get, sun and it's like uh. at
0: least we'll get rewarded in you know four weeks or so with terrible allergies <laughs> that's right that's you'll what never be dry again
1: yeah however this year this like the it took me like five years of, doing, yep. of, of being on air with our guests yep. our allergist guests our ent guests yep I've got it licked this year, man. Yeah, I started my Flonase early. I'm, I'm feeling you. pretty good. I never quit. I, so you, I was you, just like, you know what? I'm around. just going to keep yeah. going. Well, you had that procedure
0: too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How's yeah. That? So that's going to be the real test. I mean, you know, so far in the middle of January
1: and February, I haven't gotten any. <laughs> so think, far, you <laughs> <it>. allergic reactions <laughs> <good>. or sinus <laughs> right. infections, but uh, just a hunch here. Yeah. Um, acclaimed client, si- a client, si- climate science test. Sure. Sure. That climatologist can we were we, is there a seven seven and second delay we, climatologist go, right yeah. say that five times fast yeah have predicted that in about six weeks we're going to have a warming trend wow so look out holy cow look out but i understand climate is not weather yeah unless that weather meets a certain narrative then climate is weather that's right but that, it doesn't that's my understanding of the rules <laughs> okay. right. Yeah. very good okay so back to healthcare. hey one thing we teased before we went to break the first segment was the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, estimates of what would happen. What would happen to us if, if the individual mandate were done away with, mm-hmm. which it was done away with, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And before this passed, the CBO, which everyone takes for the, whatever they say is, is gold, They uh, estimated that 14 million Americans would lose their insurance, lose coverage, due to the elimination of the mandate penalties. In fact, the CBO and their estimates um, is really what drove the individual mandate into Obamacare anyway. Right, And, and they were right, right? That's exactly what happened. If you didn't force young, healthy people to buy insurance... They would not buy said insurance to offset the cost of the older, less healthy people in America. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's why before Obamacare, young, healthy people often chose, chose, by the way, uh-huh. chose to not buy health insurance. Right. <laughs> because they never went to the doctor. They were healthy. So what the CBO said even before Obamacare was, hey, you better pass this mandate and force them so that that way the young, healthy people will offset the cost of the older people. Mm-hmm. So CBO has been involved with this individual mandate from before Obamacare even passed. But when Trump is trying, and the Trump administration is trying to re- uh, peel back some of the Obamacare, in fact, they wanted to just completely repeal it. But even when they went after just, you know, getting rid of the individual mandate, then the propaganda starts, right? Mm-hmm. 14 million Americans are going to lose their coverage because of this. Yeah. So what the CBO said was about 5 million of those 14 million Would lose their coverage because of Medicaid. They wouldn't go sign up for Medicaid. There's gonna be less subsidy for it. So five of the 14 million. The rest of the half, so Mm -hmm. four and a half million, they said would be because if businesses, you know, weren't weren't gonna do the businesses wouldn't even offer this anymore. So another four and a half million would lose it. And then the other four and a half million, they said maybe people will just choose not, not to do it, right? Right. So that's where they came up with their the yeah. 14, yeah. 15 million. We're going to lose their coverage. Yeah. Even in that number, about a third of them were people just choosing not to get insurance. Shocking. <laughs> right. But but that 14 million number got drilled into our heads over the last election cycle.
0: Now, now here's the, here's the thing that gets me about the, the individual mandate generally, although it's not enforced now, uh, but the way that Obamacare's plans are structured, uh, I you know, I can be setting constitutional issues aside, which is quite a statement to say, right? <laughs> not in 2019, uh, it's not, yeah, my yeah. friend. Not but but I, I understand just like you have minimum coverage for auto insurance in order to drive, okay? But what what constitutes a catastrophic plan? You know, I'm thinking you get into a car accident, you get into a major medical issue, whether it's an emergency situation or some sort of terrible disease, right? It's entirely possible to construct a healthcare plan that has a... Twenty five thousand dollar deductible, and then a hundred percent coverage over that, and you can you know make the premiums actuarially balanced across the population. And you know what? If that's what you said, the individual mandate applied to, I go. <laughs> you just you really just solved the tail, the biggest issue of
1: the healthcare crisis. Now that just makes too much sense, though.
0: Yeah, and you Instead, know what? They don't even have to be publicly administered.
1: Those are very <laughs> simple plans. Instead, though, in the individual mandate, you had twenty year old men. Forced to buy OB/GYN coverage. (laughs) I know. Unbelievable. (laughs) Right. Okay, so uh, what I'm saying in this article is in the Washington Examiner uh, just yesterday, by the way. I'm sorry, two days ago. Now, Thursday. I read it yesterday. What do you think the actual number of people that, quote-unquote, lost their coverage was? Mm -hmm. They said a, a little over 14 million was their estimate Yeah. and drilled into our heads, 14 million, 14 million. Yeah. How many do you think it was? Now, you haven't read the article. I have not. I, I have not pulled up the article. And you probably have not seen it on. How many millions do you think they were off by? Uh, let's go with 7 million. So um, they have now released only about 2.5 million, quote unquote, lost to their coverage. So they weren't just wrong by half. They were wrong they by were about wrong a factor of 6 or 7. About 80%. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Um million of those were people who decided to not sign up for Medicaid for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe somewhere in this, uh, subsidies were somewhat rolled back a bit. And so people just decided to not go. If it wasn't going to be subsidized, they weren't going to do it, that sort of thing. And then about 1 million of that 2.5 was from loss from um, businesses, not providing it um, for their their employees. So that's where they got the 2.5. Now, also hidden in this, first of all, that's way off, right? Sure. Sure. You really can't run a campaign on 2.5 million Americans losing their. Right, right. <laughs> and of those 2.5 million losing it, about 1.5 just decided to not sign up for Medicaid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you really can't run it. Maybe you could run some they ads on Could have signed up, but didn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't think those ads uh, pack quite the same punch as saying 14 million people yeah. are going to now do so that. We're
0: down to less than half a percentage point of the entire population. <laughs> right chose not to chose buy not, health insurance that's right,
1: that's exactly right um so uh but but the other thing hidden in the rest of this little foot and this was just a footnote in their 2019 prospectus yeah this wasn't like oh my bad guys let's put this on the front page fyi we were off by a law this was like at the very yeah, end yeah. of their little prospectus they didn't lead with this <laughs> No, they didn't lead with it and by the way i haven't seen it covered literally anywhere, anywhere. else yeah, except in yeah. this washington examiner article um The other thing that was hidden in this was, as the years go on, that reduction is going to get less and less and less. In fact, they assume that in in this year, in this next, I guess, 2019 year, it'll probably be only around a million people. (laughs) Wow. Now, the original estimate said 14.5 million. With a continual growth up to about 25 million Americans losing their coverage. Yeah, yeah. Now we've revised that all the way down to, well, it was 2.5 million the first time, and then it'll, it'll probably be less than a million next next it's year. Less
0: than, <laughs> less than a third of a percent by the end of the year. Right. Including the people who chose not to sign up for Medicaid that could have.
1: And I specifically remember um, the Republicans in the Senate some of those um, that people call rhino or milk toast" sure. Republicans used those numbers as a reason to vote against it, yep. right? Yep. Now, some of them gave no reason. They just put their thumb down and walked out. But some of them gave a reason, and yep. it was, hey, I don't want to take insurance away from 14 million people. I don't want to get roasted on uh, yep. you know, uh, yeah. the airwaves. So um, this was all from the CBO. I would, I would uh, encourage anyone to go find the article. It was in the Washington Examiner um, if we could ever get our website updated, I'll put it on the website, but I don't want, I don't want that pressure on me, right? You can Google yeah, it. Don't worry. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's easy to find. Washington pretty Exam. Well, exam- pre-
0: pretty
1: well-written article. Basically, walks us through all this, but the next time, can we promise ourselves as a society that the next time there is some argument for a big government plan, mm-hmm. possibly tearing down every building structure in the United States and replacing it with a new one? I Just, just to throw one out. <laughs> and as the an example. CBO comes out and says how how we have to do it. Can we please just have someone say No, you know what will be great is is
0: the next step though will be as the CBO estimates start coming out on real policy proposals along that line. The watch watch how quickly the media turns to the CBO. Not they accurate. don't know anything. <laughs> right, then what no are point. you talking about?
1: Eric, you've been we come to a break here, but you've been involved in business for a long time, me too, and when you were doing acquisitions of things you you would get oftentimes third and fourth opinions from outside accounting firms, because one party would say, I think it's worth this, and this is what the growth is going to be. You'd have another party say, nah, I think it's going to be this, and this is growth. You'd get a third one to maybe be a tiebreaker, and then someone would say, I don't trust that third one. So you get a fourth one. Why in the government are we relying... I mean, I don't even know what the CBO is, but we rely on them for a little bit too much. Uh,
0: (laughs) There's just a few assumptions that go into those numbers that may be... Does the B...
1: Stand for bean counting. No, that stands no, that's for. Right. Yeah. All right, folks. Hey, stay tuned. We got more Ion Health. We got to take a break here. Um, when we come back, let's talk about maybe some of the changes HHS has made to. All right, welcome back. It's Ion Health every Saturday from ten to eleven. We're talking about things pertinent to your health care. Yeah, right. Even the CBO. <laughs> Sometimes it might raise your blood pressure a little bit. <laughs> right. Sometimes it might be detrimental to your health. Yeah, yeah. To actually listen to the show—that's not good. Never. All right. <laughs> My name is Michael Jones. I got Eric Beto, Robert running things over there. Um, so in the last segment, we talked about how off the CBO was in estimating how many people were going to lose insurance um, if the individual mandate were repealed, and that was completely debunked. Right. So, so yes. let me let me ask you a question. Yes.
0: Um, you, know, you, you made a reference to some things that HHS is doing that may be good. Yeah. Uh, if you were to see an article <laughs> okay. in the mainstream media yes. okay. that's kind of summarizing and covering these good things that have happened
1: right. to lower drug prices. Yes. How would you title that article? Here's something along the lines of uh, HHS changes lead to lower drug prices. It seems pretty straightforward. There's no spin. It's basically the it's it's the gist of your story that you're gonna write, but unfortunately, that's not what happens. (laughs) Right? No, this doesn't happen. All right. No. Is that Um, asking too much? Yeah. You know the way. So one thing I've noticed is, um, recently, and you've probably noticed it too, if there's some sort of scandalous uh, thing that happens on on the left, in other words. Um, like when we were on the air a couple of weeks ago and they showed the governor of Virginia in a KKK outfit. Right? Yeah,
0: with an R by his
1: name. <laughs> yeah, they put an R by yeah. his name first. But you can only do that for the first few hours, yeah, and someone's yeah. going to catch on to that. But then they frame the story not as um, Mr. Governor is wrong for wearing a KKK outfit. They yeah. frame the story as the Republicans have now seized upon this yes. or pounced yeah. upon the yeah. guy wearing the KKK outfit. So they frame the story in the way of how dare these evil partisan Republicans take advantage of Mr. KKK governor. I mean, come on. Why take advantage of him? Rather, again, just reporting the story. Can't you just... Mr. Governor was in a KKK outfit. How about we just report the story, not reporting on how one political party responded to him. But that's how it is. So, when there's ever some good news that comes out. sure. In other words, we just did a show about three months ago on how out of control drug pricing is, right? Yeah. And this has been one of the things that... Trump and his administration has touted from the very beginning. I remember him in the campaign, in the run-up, yeah. he was going to target this well, one of his I, goals.
0: I think it's important to pause here for a moment, though, and just re- remind you know, uh, Doctor Jones. I think it's safe to say you you and I share a rather more conservative bent, uh, even when it comes to health care policy. But that's not to say that we uh, have a bent that doesn't want quality health care or lower drug prices or lower health care costs. As a matter of fact, I think we, at least I'll speak for myself, I agree with wanting all of those yeah, things. Exactly I right. I desperately yeah. want yes. all of those things. I
1: just want the most efficient path to get there. If you're Well, you may not remember this, Eric, because you yeah. were actually weren't in when we did the show. Uh-huh. And what do you think led, what were the conclusion of those articles? We pulled up three articles. What was the general conclusion as to why generic drug pricing was going through the roof? Do you think it was because of more government control... Or less government control.
0: I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it was uh, the only thing that they could find wrong with drug pricing were greedy, greedy, <laughs> evil individuals who were trying to just uh, drive grannies off cliffs. Well, that Is would that be it?
1: assuming I pulled those articles from the mainstream press. Oh, no, sorry, I pulled okay. these articles from like I think Business uh, Insider, sure. Forbes. Well, these were financial uh, things. What they found was just as a rehash of this. And if you want to go back and listen to that podcast, you know it's on the yeah. website. That because the government got so involved with generic manufacturers and limited, put so many Mm -hmm. rules on these generic manufacturers and limited, when you limit the supply, Mm -hmm. what happens to the demand? You're going to get higher prices. Uh, And if the government were not involved... As much. And maybe let 20 generic manufacturers make the same generic drug. What do you think that would have done to the
0: price? It's just so crazy. (laughs) When you lower the barriers to entry and allow more competition in the market,
1: prices go down. So in general, yes, you and I share a conservative philosophy, which is let's get the government as much out of our lives and let the the free market do its thing. The evil, evil free market do its thing. And had the free market been truly in place with generic pricing and allowed 40 different drug manufacturers to make a generic drug, the pricing would have gone down yeah. because one of those 40 would have said, that guy's charging eight 95 I'm going to charge six ninety five. Yeah. Right? That's how it works. Yep. Right? But because the government got so involved, they limited the number of manufacturers. So more government intervention did not lead to lower drug prices. Isn't it led what? to more.
0: And I bet those uh, drug manufacturers that were able to be in the limited pool, I bet they made so much less money. Because they were inside of the government oligarchy that was... Cre- oh, wait. <laughs> no, 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 they, they made, made more They made money. more, they oh, made more and more crazy.
1: and more. Um, that's crazy. The, the big story that everyone's aware of with the generic prices was the... They call them Pharma Bro. Yeah. This... Um, I can't remember. Uh, the, uh, Michael Skrelly. Yeah, something yeah. like that, who jacked up the price of... Um, so se- several, but there was one that was like an age drug where there yep. was a, there was a generic to yep. it, but there was no generic competitor making it. Yeah. And it went from like $7 and 95 cents to like $200 overnight, yeah. literally with a snap of the finger yeah. the Thanos snap of the finger yeah. price goes up and you're like, I mean, that's a well, huge and, jump.
0: And Screlly was just impudent about the way that he presented himself and what he was doing, you know, in the, in the media, he was eating it up. Yeah. Uh,
1: I think he's in jail now. I think so. Yeah. Right.
0: Um, for various for reasons. For various reasons, yeah.
1: right. Um, so, so I think what you were getting at at the opening there was maybe sometimes we're for more government intervention if it's going to lower pricing, but I think in general if you stick to your core values and the less the government gets involved, um, maybe the better the pricing will be, right? Well, I think a fair way to say it is the government's already
0: intervening and involved. Okay, so that, that you just have to accept that. So how can you make the way the government's involved Less cumbersome and more go. conducive to competition in free there markets.
1: Um, and so when Trump has made these statements that I want, I want drug prices to be lower, you'll get people on the right who say, oh, here, I told you, he wasn't a conservative. Yeah. He's a liberal. Yeah. He's trying to get involved. Let's just look for ideas in any way that we can get drug prices lower. Sure. Let's do it. My guess is the best way to get drug prices lower is to let the free market do its thing. Yeah. That's my guess because yeah, yeah. in every other every other thing it has worked. <laughs> go figure. Okay. Now, um, when Trump nominated Alex Azar as his second HHS secretary, mm-hmm. he took a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. Why? That guy was in from the pharmaceutical industry. Oh, he's one of and those. And people guys, said, "Here yeah. we go." Yeah, yeah, right. The evil pharmaceutical industry yeah. that's kept us all alive all yeah. years. Right. Um, so, uh, so, and then we even did a show on these generic drug prices because they are getting out of control. Right. Lo and behold, lo and behold, Forbes came out with an article just this week. In fact, I think it was yesterday. Let me see. Yesterday. Mm. Boy, look at that. There it it's is. It's timely. The title of the article from Forbes is The Surprising Truth About the Rising Price of Generic Medicines. Uh-huh. If you went and ask, in fact, I mean, I had this conversation yesterday with a patient in the office. If you just ask in general, are generic prices going up, people are going to say yes. Yeah. And I would I would even say, yes, I did a whole we did a whole show sure. on why they're going up. So Forbes did kind of a deep dive into this, and you can always trust Forbes for being straight shooters, they're going to look at things from an economic right. perspective. And what happened was between the years of 2010 and 2014, there were one percent of generic medicines that just skyrocketed. Yeah. Including some like the scarelli that we talked about. Sure. Um in that one percent. Of medicines, you could see increases of two hundred to three hundred percent year over year wow. during that time frame. Unbelievable! But if you take that one percent of medicines out, and these are usually medicines that aren't yep. um, widely taken, yep. right? And you just look at at the typical generic medicine, and you take out that one percent generic drug prices actually have not risen at all
0: well this is when you're looking at this chart it's, it's actually great the name of the article again the surprising truth about the rising price of generic medications on forbes and there's a fantastic chart that shows you the, at each percentile level what the year-over-year change is okay and so the 99th percentile that's the one percent that dr jones is referring to it's a giant hockey stick going up right um the 95th percentile is relatively flat, flat with a with an edge up at the end that you can see people are catching on to the price pressures from the top percentage. Everything from the seventy fifth percentile
1: down is flat to down the considerably. Flat to down, right? Yeah. And if you consider just in in time, the um, I think it's called the CPI, the 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 consumer, consumer, consumer price, price index is up about two percent, kind of yep. year over year. That's a that's pretty significant. That for the most for most of these drugs. Now I'm not saying it's good that those one percent of drugs went up two hundred three hundred percent, and the reason those did go up <laughs> so high were those government interventions that we were, we well, were that, just mentioning.
0: You know, and that's a fantastic point, Doctor Jones, because I'm trying I'm looking very closely. I, I don't see any indication of this chart that this is showing real price changes, which would be adjusted for inflation. If these are not adjusted for inflation, the fact that you have flat pricing after ten years in this
1: analysis. That's yeah. That's a miracle. To quote the article from Forbes, in other words, while the CPI, Consumer Price Index, grew about 2% year over year during the same period looked at in this study, mm-hmm. the typical generic medication remained rock steady with no accompanying price increase. Yep. Now, again, there were 1% of these medicines for, for more rare diseases where there was no competition for that generic ma- maker mm-hmm. to jack the price up mm-hmm. as high as he wanted. And that's not good. And that needs to be addressed. That needs to be looked at. But the general medicine, the trend was stable or down. Yeah. Okay. So, and you know, Trump has been pushing this. Even if changes haven't been fully enacted, having the most powerful man in the world saying, I want prices coming down can make a difference. Right. And that's exactly what has happened. So that's the Forbes article. Now, just yesterday, the secretary of HHS, this Azar guy, who again was from the evil pharmaceutical industry, he was going to do like his... His summary of what's gone on so far while he's well, been there.
0: And, and remember, he's the evil guy from the pharmaceutical in, in, industry who replaced the evil guy from the government who was the previous HHS secretary that got fired for like bad expense reports or something.
1: Something like that, yeah. yeah. Misusing government yeah. funds, which yeah. I'm sure 10 years from now we'll find out he really didn't misuse government funds. Right. That's the right. way it usually yeah. is, right? I remember the Alaskan Senator Ted Stevens. Like a month before his election, they yeah. say he did all these things. He doesn't get elected, and then like two years later, they're like, like no. "Oh, my bad." Yeah, he was, yeah, everything was fine. I'm sure it's something like that. But yes, that's who he replaced. Yeah. So he comes out and he's going to make these statements. There have been positive. There's positive news here. Yeah, and he was going to lay out kind of the roadmap for how we're going to get things down even lower. Yeah. So how do you think the Washington Post frames this article when all he's doing is he's saying, "Look, generic prices are coming down. They're lower." Here's our roadmap, blah, blah, blah. How do you think they frame the article? Uh, do you think they say HHS changes or Trump administration policy results in lower drug prices? Uh, everybody's happy. Everyone's happy. Uh, no, everybody's uh, happy. That's too that's, much. A,
0: that's all you start with, right?
1: Miss Paige Winfield Cunningham from The Washington Post has what to if- frame it this way, which I love. Uh, HHS head Azar will take a victory lap on drug prices in a speech today. That is, that is the how most, dare he take a victory lap? That's the most lap. green with envy. <laughs> All right,
0: that, that was supposed to be our victory lap. Yeah. You can't take the victory lap on he, this. How dare he take a victory lap? Yeah. That's yeah. unbelievable. But you know what? I mean, use this as an example, though, because it's it's one of the really important things to be mindful of on, on two levels. One, people like the secretary of HHS. Secretary of the Treasury So these these are cabinet posts that are very very important and most Americans have no idea who these people are But when you have really good people in those roles, which isn't always the case with every administration Who this is someone who came in from the private sector understands how the business works and came in? And now he's getting paid to say how can we fix the regulatory structure to drive pricing down increase competition and that's you can do more work there than running for president potentially sure, as sure. far as making material change in Americans' lives and there's a lot of that going on right now. Um, now, likewise, Alex is our, I'm sure this is public service, okay? Because I'm sure in the pharmaceutical industry he could be making ten yes. times as much, it, absolutely. Yeah. And that you know, in doing a lot of things, that's that's a passion
1: project, and I think that's really cool and admirable. Right. So even if you were going to put some kind of spin on it, I mean, I wish. This article was just news, yep. data, yep. but even if you were going to put some kind of spin, couldn't you put that spin on it? Yeah. Why does it always have to be mm, Trump administration <laughs> yeah, taking you know, victory lap? Mean, <laughs> Trump. Yeah. And then if you look, it's funny, if you look at the picture... <laughs> The picture that accompanies yeah, the article yeah, it's has like Trump in his, uh, you know, in it, his classic it, Hitler yeah, yeah, pose. His, he's yelling know, thumb and he, to index <laughs> finger,
0: making a you know a open mouth face <laughs> where he's clearly saying something yeah. that you know Alec Baldwin's going to make fun of <laughs> on right, SNL. That's right, that's right, right. And the guys behind him doing a golf yeah. clap. I yeah.
1: mean, so what a great point, Eric. That guy probably did make a ton more money in the private sector. Here he comes into government. There have been positive changes for all of us. Why can't we just say? there's positive changes why does it always have to be some kind of spin on it maybe you know we'll, we'll go for a moonshot here let's see if we can get as our as a guest <laughs> Con- controlling language yeah controls populations yep. and and this is a good subtle example of that the take-home is hey maybe generic drug prices aren't getting as out of hand as what we thought and that's good news for all Absolutely. of us all right stay tuned we got to take a break when we come back we're going to have more eye on health after these words
0: Big
1: break. all right welcome back I'm oh, sorry, my headphones were jacked oh. up. You can hear me now, right? All I could hear was the music, and I'm oh, okay. like, is all right. the mic on? What's going on? <laughs> the red light's on, I assume. It's yeah. Um, hey, we had a pretty good show today. Talked about a couple of uh, recent uh, articles that are somewhat pertinent to your health care, yeah. you know, um, insurance-based things, price of drugs. One thing that affects us all real quick here before we come to the end of the show, and we've done whole shows on this before, And that's physician burnout, which is a real problem because that affects all of us. If our doctor's burnt out, he's distracted. Maybe he's not giving us the best care. Um, You may be surprised or maybe not be surprised to learn that the height of physician burnout rates happened during the height of Obamacare, particularly right after Mm -hmm. in 2012 and between 2012 and 2014, it maintained historic highs because of the amount of bureaucracy and change that the physician had to deal with. Um the good news is as we've mentioned with some of these other things as some of these uh, administrative things are getting rolled back physician burnout rates are dropping mm-hmm. and for the first time according to an article from um the AMA they did a study and they look at it year yep. over year for the first time physician burnout rates are back to the 2010 levels mm-hmm. wow um what's scary is during their peak they got up to 55% of physicians Showed symptoms of burnout. Fifty-five wow. percent wow. showed showed uh, symptoms of, of the burnout. what? what,
0: what <clears throat> maybe there's studies on this. I don't know, but that that has to have a material impact on public health.
1: It does. Absolutely does. We don't have time to get into it today because we're coming up to the to the end of the show. But it does. Um, they're not engaged with the patients. Yeah. One of the biggest problems, and according to this study, is. The amount of time physicians have to spend looking at their computer monitor yeah. for EHR versus actually just talking with the patient, and how that's really reduced, uh, you know, right. re- or it's increased physician burnout. Um. So anyway, good news is we have finally started to drop down. Now the percentage is around 41%-ish. Um, back to the pre-Obamacare levels for physician burnout. Still Beautiful. way too high. It's still um, one of the highest stress uh, you know, jobs, and it affects all of us. But it's definitely lower than it was at its peak, and that's good news. Wonderful. So, hey, um, we've got On the Money coming up. That's right. With Bob Stockdale. If you want to reduce your burnout level... You listen to On the Money. It's a good week. And then it's a good week it. to it's listen. Good week to listen. Yeah, very good. Stay tuned for On the Money with Bob Stockdale, and we'll talk to you next weekend. Have a good week. Get more at 971talk.com.